Hello, this is 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. I don't really know how you found your way here to this podcast, but I am glad you're here, and I hope that these little scraps of writing um, can be helpful somehow. So thank you for listening. Uh, this week I had no idea what I wanted to write about, and honestly I was I was feeling a little stressed out about it, really. But that's part of the idea of doing this in the first place, because having an assignment like this, it forces me to sit down and write, uh, which really means it forces me to sit down and, and just pay attention to see what there is to see. Chesterton said that the goal of his way of looking at the world is, quote, to show how many extraordinary things even a lazy and ordinary man may see if he can spur himself to the single activity of seeing. For this purpose, I have taken the laziest person of my acquaintance, that is myself, close quote. Well, like Chesterton, I may be the laziest person that I know, too, so I started a podcast to force me to go looking for things to see and to write about. So this morning I was sitting here at my writing desk, I was looking out the window with no idea of what I wanted to write about, so I just started writing about what was right in front of me. And that's what led to today's essay. And then I realized later that uh, really what I had been writing about was was summarized in this little verse from uh, Song of Solomon, so that was kind of fun to discover. Um, so just quickly, I do want to mention something I mentioned last week, which is that during February, uh, I'll be revealing more about Cofferstow, which is a retreat that I'm hosting this June 14th through 17th in Cincinnati, Ohio. There will be uh, special guest musicians and speakers, and hopefully you, gathering for a long weekend to enjoy rest and beauty and music. Um be engaged in the arts and and uh, a conversation about what it means to live creatively and attentively, which I think uh, is central to the whole idea of, uh, of what it means when we pray uh, that God's kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Chesterton also says, the trumpet of the imagination, like the trumpet of the resurrection, calls the dead out of their graves. So stay tuned and check back at cofferstow.com for updates um, throughout February and on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, so let's get to the essay. Thank you for listening to 1000 Words. And here's an essay titled The Shy Deer and the Fence. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young deer. Look, there he stands, behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 9. Straight out in front of me this very moment is a gray cedar plank fence, visible through the window. This is where my writing desk is situated so I can look outside over the top of my laptop screen. I'll try to describe a few things I can see from here. There are leafless trees, which at this hour 
are facing the morning sun and lit with its warm light. A little to my left is what appears to be an enormous mountain of oak, but is really three large oak trees that have joined their crowns and become one mighty thing. Patches of mistletoe are scattered amidst their intertwined boughs. Beyond the fence is a field, and then Rice Road, named after the farmer who once plowed, planted, and harvested this part of the county, until it began to be bought up and developed as a little city and suburb of Jackson, Mississippi's capital. The field remains open, and later this year someone will come mow it and bale the hay. I've always been surprised we don't have a problem with mice here in this house, being right on that field. But there are enough hawks around here to keep them from creeping into our kitchen, I guess. Once when I was walking back from the mailbox, a hawk nearly headbutted me as it swooped through the crepe myrtles after some prey. This morning the field was frosted and pale as dawn drew near. If the yappy dogs next door don't wake me, the slow approach of morning sifting through my open window does. That is my favorite way to wake. If all goes perfectly, I wake up at the same pace and speed as the sunrise, and the birds slowly fold in their many songs, just as I'm awake enough to hear them. There is something clean and constant about bird song to me. Morning descends with the coo of a dove and lights on, well, everything. There have been a few times, it is rare, I'll admit, that I've beat the birds to it. I learned this from my dad, how to get up before dawn and make my way to the woods. It was an unpleasant lesson to learn as a kid, but it has paid off the older I've gotten. In fact, I do it on occasion by myself, and voluntarily. It is a wonder to sit in the woods before the world has stirred, and to hear the first knockings, quips, and gibberings rise around you in the gray world, and then to see the trees put on first silver and blue, then sudden orange and coral. I sat very still once, reading in a tree at a friend's house, and a squirrel crept very close. Until that moment, I had not known that they can make a sound almost like the purring of a cat. A shadow darts across the yard. Some feathered thing is gliding overhead, out of my range of vision. The three-tree mountain sends its roots deep to keep the earth from being washed away. The tiniest birds hop and flit excitedly on the grass in the chill air. Trees bustle and murmur, and their talk sounds like a constant soft shushing. Out the window now my eyes return to the gray cedar plank fence. Some odd planks have fallen out and lay in the yard, and then there are the tall, thin, vertical spaces between the planks, maybe a centimeter wide. The old gray planks are like the majority of the time when I see what I expected to see on the worn surface of things. Or is it my eyes that are worn? But through the spaces between, I sometimes catch a broken image 
of a form moving just on the other side of the fence in that broad field. It is a shadowed body walking slowly on the other side, letting its shape sift through the cracks to my eyes, or letting my eyes through the cracks. It is a deer making its slow, silent way along the fence line. If you walk enough in the woods, you can discover deer paths. In the pine thickets, they appear as very soft roads pressed in the pine straw, a few inches deep and maybe six inches wide. You can see the evidence of presence and passage by these little trails. The world is full of shy things, things that leave footfall and tracks, if the soil is soft enough to receive them and hold their shape, like hands tender toward bread or tongues tamed toward wine. It's true, too, that there are jagged edges where the world has broken and fallen in on itself, in cataclysm and fury, where blood is spilled and brows sweat with anxiety. We have often left our prints, too, like bruises on flesh, until unnatural becomes second nature and we mistake it for nature. I'm told it may actually snow this week here in Mississippi. They say a mystery will fall from the sky and will not be content until it has watered the earth, made itself known. The Lord says that His ways and thoughts are high above ours and that He says something like, Let there be rain, and downpours His words in language that can seep deep down into our soil and waken sleeping seed. I'm looking at the slender, cedar-framed apertures again, making its shy way along the fence line, appearing through the cracks, is a strange shape, a body, glimpsed through a thousand shadowed shapes like letters accumulating into words, into sentences, into a story. There is nothing in this creation that might not be a gap in the fence to let through an utterance from the field on the other side, each like a single frame making up a moving picture. I am watching the fence, guessing toward the shape I see, moving now through the slender windows. Is it the farmer come to check up on his field? Is it a shy deer? Is it a face? My beloved is like a gazelle or a young deer. Look, there he stands, behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. I'll close with a little passage from George MacDonald that I heard uh, the painter Bruce Herman mention in a talk online. Uh, it, it reminds me of what it might mean to see well in this world. And it has to do with the beautiful face of the things God has made and how creation offers us intrinsic meaning that leads us 
through itself back to its maker. So here's the quote. In what belongs to the deeper meanings of nature and her mediation between us and God, the appearances of nature are the truths of nature, far deeper than any scientific discoveries in and concerning them. The show of things is that for which God cares most, for their show is the face of a far deeper thing than they. We see in them, in a distant way as in a glass darkly, the face of the unseen. It is through their show, not through their analysis, that we enter into their deepest truths. What they say to the childlike soul is the truest thing to be gathered of them. To know a primrose is a higher thing than to know all the botany of it. Just as to know Christ is an infinitely higher thing than to know all theology, all that is said of his person or babbled about his work. The body of a man does not exist for the sake of its hidden secrets. Its hidden secrets exist for the sake of its outside, for the face and the form in which dwells revelation. Its outside is the deepest of it. So nature, as well, exists primarily for her face, her look, her appeals to the heart and imagination, her simple service to human need, and not for the secrets to be discovered in her and turned to man's farther use. That's all for this fifth episode. Visit www.matthewclark.net slash 1000words to read the essay text, and you can leave comments there. And a special thanks to everybody who has left, um, left a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate that. It's really fun to read those. Thank you for doing that. So I will be back next week with episode six. Uh, I'm Matthew Clark. Thank you for listening. <laughs>